You are Locked On Balls, your daily podcast on the Tennessee Volunteers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Well, a good Friday, everybody. Welcome to Locked On Vols, your team every day. I'm your host, Eric Kane, at underscore Kaner, at Locked On Vols. This episode is a part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Rather, this podcast is a part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Every weekday morning when you get up completely free wherever you want to listen. And we're getting you set for Tennessee Tech game tomorrow. Guys, you know how it's going to be. It's going to be a blood bla- a bloodbath. Uh, this is a bad FCS team. Uh, the Tennessee Tech is 0-2 on the season. I'm going to break down this team here in just a moment here in segment number one. But it is what it is still, a get-right game for the University of Tennessee. Potentially, you could find out who you want your quarterback to be moving forward and maybe some other uh, positions that have some uh, some guys jockeying for uh, more reps. And that's coming up tomorrow against Tennessee Tech. But we'll break down that matchup here in segment number one. Jimmy Himes of the Sports Animal will be on for segment number two. And we'll catch you up with some uh, some more news and notes in segment number three here on a Friday show. So looking forward to it, guys. And don't forget, we're talking Vols here, but if you want five days a week content on the SEC, no other place is better than Locked On SEC with host Chris Gordy. You can follow Locked On SEC, uh, that podcast that's available on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcast. So let's go ahead and break down Tennessee Tech, okay? This is not a very good team. First and foremost, I will say Tennessee Tech had a spring season in 2021, of course, as part of the FCS. So it played seven games in 2020. It was two and five. And just a couple of months later, it's now playing a complete fall season. So that's tough to begin with. I've I've made mention of, of this on this podcast a couple of times and, and you know, back during the pandemic when it first started about the possibilities of football season being pushed to spring, and we saw some leagues do that, how tough it is on your body physically. And not just physically for taking a beating and, you know, putting on pads and going at it so much in the span of a year, but also you need the offseason. Your body needs a strength and conditioning program. Your body, for in terms of development, needs to get bigger. You need to get stronger. You need to strengthen some, some core muscles inside your body that help um, alleviate injuries later on in the season. And, and teams that played in the spring and then playing in the fall again, a lot of FCS teams, a lot of Division II teams, and a lot of JUCO teams, unfortunately, just didn't have that avenue this past year. Again, you got to do what you got to do to get football in during a pandemic. I get it, but uh, man, it was tough. And Tennessee Tech is is kind of in that situation. So in 2020, they were two and five, zero and four away from uh, the friendly confines of whatever they call their stadium. They scored 20 points a game. That was next to last in the Ohio Valley Conference. They averaged 294 yards of total offense per game. They gave up 26.6 yards per or 26.6 points per game, which is pretty solid. And uh, they allowed 322.6 yards per game. Their defense offense was horrific in the spring, and I'll, I'll get into that here in just a moment. Defensively, it was tabbed as the second best defense in the Ohio Valley Conference in spring. So, for as bad as it was offensively, that being the Golden Eagles of Tennessee Tech, it was just as good defensively. But it was kind of a wasted year, and I'll tell you why here in just a moment. Um, so far in the 2021 season, 0-2, a loss at Sanford to begin the season, 52-14, to and then a loss last week, shutout last week, by Furman, 26 to nothing. So a little bit of the stats are skewed because only two games, but I'll go ahead and tell you. So far offensively for Tennessee Tech, they're averaging a touchdown a game, just seven points, averaging just 176 yards per uh, per game on total offense. That is it's not getting it done. Averaging less than 50 yards on the ground in two games, 46 
to be exact. Averaging 130 yards through the year, they are horrific on third downs, 24%, 7 of 29, and they've been held scoreless in the first and fourth quarters so far. Again, a small sampling size of just two games. Defensively, again, the stats are skewed a little bit. 39 points per game given up, but they give up 52 in that opener. Um, 423 yards per outing is what opponents are averaging against the Golden Eagles defense. Uh, running 136 yards on average, passing for 287 yards per average, and converting on third downs at a 38% clip. So who are some of these players for Tennessee Tech? Well, the quarterback that had been there the past couple years was a pretty good one, uh, Bailey Fisher. He transferred out. He's now at Gardner-Webb. Willie Miller, who came in and filled in the majority of the season for Bailey Fisher back in the spring, he's the backup quarterback. He's been 6-12 in mop-up duty for 41 yards. But the quarterback for Tennessee Tech tomorrow is going to be Davis Shanley. He is 25-55, of 55, 45% clip, which is not good. 219 yards, a touchdown, and four interceptions in two games. He is a transfer from Western Kentucky. They use the they use the quarterbacks in the run game, but outside of that, it's been the David Gist show. 26 attempts, 104 yards, and a touchdown, averaging 52 yards per game and four yards per rush is David Gist. Uh, Jordan Brown's also got a couple of carries, as has John Jones for Tennessee Tech. Wide receiver, Quentin Cross had a really nice spring season a couple months ago. Um, he led the unit in the spring with 23 receptions, 255 yards, and a touchdown in seven games. He's now leading the Golden Eagles with 10 receptions, 94 yards through uh, two games in that passing attack. That's kind of weak right now. Uh, David Gist out of the backfields, hauled in seven catches. Ashton Maples, another guy to pay attention to, four receptions, 36 yards. And Jordan Oden, three receptions, 23 yards, and a touchdown. So that's a look at the offense and the skill position. Again, not that impressive. What about that defense that was pretty solid in the spring season of 2021? How many returners do they have? Well, I'll tell you right now. Uh, Seth Carlisle, who's led the team in tackles each of the past two seasons. He's back at linebacker. He's leading the teams with 17 stops as of right now. You have a uh, strong safety, Josh Relliford, who was a second-team All-OVC in the spring. He's back, 16 tackles, 3 PBU so far. You got a strong safety in Jamal Boyd, who um, has a pick on the year already. Ty Carter is its star, and he's done a little bit of everything. A couple TFLs, a forced fumble, and seven tackles. You have defensive end Devin Squires, who has two and a half tackles for loss and a sack. He led Tech in tackles um, last week. You've got defensive end Chris Tucker, who returns. He is a two-time first-team All-Ohio Valley Conference defensive end. You have another cornerback in Jaron Gilmore, who's back. And um, you also have a running. You also have a defensive back in Kurt Taylor. Excuse me, Kurt Taylor, who was a Michigan transfer at running back. Uh, he is no longer on the roster, but he did play uh, in the spring. So the defense returns some some leadership. The defense returns some talent, but overall, it's kind of a mixed bag so far. I mean, we've seen some FCS upsets over FBS teams early in the season. I mean, hell, we just saw uh, Florida State losing the last play of the game to Jacksonville State. That will not be the case tomorrow. Tennessee will go out there and whip their tail for four quarters. The spread that's going to uh, be, be announced later on the day, it's going to be around 41 and a half, okay? And you can get that at betonline.ag. But you're going to see a lot of Hendon Hooker and Joe Milton. Joe Milton, of course, Josh Heupel, still keeping it close to the chest. We'll have to see if he can play, how much he can play. But he's been practicing this week. If he can play, you'll see a lot of Hendon Hooker, a lot of Joe Milton. 
but you'll see them playing behind what I believe a group of reserve offensive linemen, you know, pretty much the majority of the game. Now, Tennessee will put their starters out there for for a couple of series. Tennessee will try to get some work in with their starters, but there's no reason for Cade Mays to play an awful lot. There's no reason for Darnell Wright to play an awful lot, Jerome Carvin to play an awful lot. Cooper Mays, who is questionable for this football game, I think he could play, but I bet they're going to hold him out. We'll have to see. No reason for Cooper Mays to play in this football game whatsoever. You're going to see on the offensive line a lot of Kingston Harris, Ollie Lane, Jackson Lampley, Parker Ball, Dane Davis, Jeremiah Crawford. That's the group you're going to see on the offensive line a whole lot tomorrow, I would imagine. Again, Tennessee might not wait until it's a blowout to start putting those reserves in. I bet they'll start mixing them in sooner in the game rather than later. Same thing defensively as well. This is The whole point of this game is to go and sharpen your tools, work on what you need to work on, get out of there injury-free because you have five straight SEC games on the horizon without a bye week until the bye week, and it all starts next weekend in the Swamp. So you can still get a lot out of Tennessee tomorrow, but you need to get out injury-free and you need to get a final look at your two quarterbacks to see which one's performing well, albeit with probably different guys around them, but you know Tennessee needs a plan at quarterback, whether it's Hendon Hooker, whether it's Joe Milton, whether it's a little bit of both. I think it's pretty obvious from earlier in the week, Josh Heupel's not ready to give up on Joe Milton just yet, but what does that look like? We're going to have to see. Probably won't get the cleanest picture of it tomorrow, but they should be out there tomorrow. And again, um, we'll have to see exactly how much, if Joe Milton can play, I would expect him to play um, in this football game. So that's a little bit of a, a look at Tennessee Tech. Should be an easy dub for Tennessee, but you know nothing's ever guaranteed in life, but this is about the closest thing to it. We'll have Jimmy Himes coming up in segment number two, but first, Built Bar. Coconut, coconut cherry, cherry raspberry, mint brownie, double chocolate, salted caramel, strawberry, orange, cookies and cream, and German chocolates. If you know what your favorite flavor is, that's fantastic. If not, I encourage you to order a mixed box. You'll get two of the, each of the nine flavors in your order. Most of these bars... 17 to 18 grams of protein, calories ranging from 130 to 180, only 4 to 5 grams of sugar, only 4 to 5 grams of net carbs. All amazing flavors, all tasty, and all healthy. They look like a candy bar. They taste like a candy bar because they're covered in 100% chocolate, but it's a Bilt Bar. It's a protein bar, and it's great for you. I encourage you to go to BiltBar.com right now. Use the promo code LOCK15 where you'll get 15% off your first order. Promo code LOCK15 at BuiltBar.com. And to get a big shout-out to Resonant Mortgage, the only thing more exciting than biting into a brand-new Built Bar and tasting it for the first time is owning your forever home. The expert at Resonant Mortgage are here for you. A wide variety of mortgage options that meet your home financing needs, whether you're a first-time home buyer or you're looking to finance your forever home, Heath Britton, he's going to guide you through the process to find the right option for you. He's been in the mortgage industry for over 26 years, has successfully helped over 10,000 families with their home financing. They're a large enough firm to offer a wide variety of products, but small enough to provide custom hands-on services for their clients, just like a community bank should. So call Heath Albritton today at 615-347-0578. That number again is 615-347-0578, or visit them online at therenaissancebank.com. Heath Albritton, NMLS number 1964-53, Member FDIC, equal housing lender, all loans subject to underwriting credit approval. Bank, NMLS number 402669. Welcome back into a Friday edition of Locked on Vols. We've got some interviews for you to kind of get us out the door here on a Friday and get you set for Tennessee Tech. First up, 
my buddy Jimmy Hines from The Sports Animal stopped by the show to give us his thoughts on Tennessee and the game tomorrow. Here is Jimmy Hines. Jimmy, how would you assess Tennessee's play so far through two uh, games of the season, Bowling Green and then Pittsburgh? A combination of encouraging, a combination of frustrating, and a combination of sporadic. Uh, I think uh, if you take the Pittsburgh game, for example, uh, Tennessee had 13 penalties. They lost a turnover battle, three zip. They had twice where they got inside the five-yard line, couldn't score a touchdown. Uh, They overthrew open receivers, uh, and, um, and yet... They had a chance to win the game with five minutes left. I mean, you went toe-to-toe with a team that's a pretty good football team. And, in fact, I don't know that there are many teams in the ACC that will be better than Pitt. So I, I thought if you played a clean game, if you can play a clean game, I think Tennessee can be a pretty good football team. Um, uh, I, obviously, I think it shows up, Eric, that they don't have a lot of depth. You had a number of players that were out against Pitt, including your best running back, Tyon Evans, uh, your best pass rusher, Byron Young. You had injuries during the game to your quarterback, Joe Milton, to your receiver, Jalen Hyatt. And, and those things are, are hurtful to a team that lost so many players from a year ago, either to the transfer portal or to retirement. So I, I think this team has the potential to be a pretty good football team, but they have to play a clean game. They didn't do that against Pitt. Now, Bowling Green, they ran all over the place. Bowling Green's not very good. I would expect a similar outcome against Tennessee Tech. But I think against the better teams, Tennessee has to play a relatively clean game to win. If you're Josh Heupel, how are you handling the quarterback position? I don't want to say it's a full-fledged quarterback battle, but Joe Milton goes out, Hendon Hooker comes in, gives this team a chance to tie it twice late in the fourth quarter. Uh, Milton has been really good on the short throws at intermediate. He's been really poor on the throws down the field. Um, Do you use this Tennessee Tech game as a palate cleanser and see who plays well heading into Florida? What would you do? I'd start Hendon Hooker. I think he deserved it. I think that uh, Joe Milton, I've seen enough where he just he just can't hit the long ball and he's just not accurate with that. The funny thing about that, Eric, is on, on the shorter passes, that like every pass he threw uh, inside of 20 yards, he was 7 for 7, and he couldn't hit the long ball. And, of course, one of the appealing parts of Joe Milton was he's got the big arm, he can stretch the field. Well, it doesn't do you any good to try to stretch the field if you can't hit the guy. If he hit one guy, Jalen Hyatt, and he dropped it against Pitt. So I would go with Hooker. I think he's a good runner. Uh, he did make a couple of mistakes, but I think cause some of that's just a lack of experience. So I would go with him and see how he performed, and you should get a big enough lead to take a look at the others. But you know what's funny about that, Eric? If you do open it up and you play all three quarterbacks, what if Harrison Bailey comes off the bench and goes 10 for 10 for 150 yards and two touchdowns? Now what do you have? No. <laughs> so, but, but then you also have to grade on the curve, right? because he's going against Tennessee Tech. So you do kind of open yourself up for criticism that Bailey has a, a great game against uh, lesser competition. But if I'm if I'm the Tennessee coach, I'm going with Hendon Hooker, and until he disproves me, that's probably who I'm going to go with against Florida as well. Jimmy, you and I were talking earlier in the week, and uh, you know I was telling you that I walked away from Neyland Stadium kind of encouraged about the dif- uh, about the defensive play against Pitt albeit gave up 41 points. You're not going to win football games consistently doing that, but put into tough situations, sudden change situations, only giving up three points off turnovers, seeing better play from guys like Matthew Butler and Theo Jackson. I I think this defense has a chance to be not just better, but maybe a whole lot better than what we thought it would be back in the spring and summer, albeit that bar was very, very low. How do you see the Tennessee defense? I like it. 
Uh, I think they fly around to the football. I think their tackling has been crisp. I think it's been better than it was a year ago. Uh, I think the defensive line, Matthew Butler told me before the year, the defensive line would be the most improved unit on the team. I can't argue that right now. I mean, they help it. Pitt had, what, 96 yards on 45 carries? Yep. And some of that yardage was gained when the quarterback, Kenny Pickett, scrambled out. A woman's on a 13-yard run by Pickett. So I think the defensive line, and then they shut down Bowling Green. Defensive line has played really well. The linebackers, to me, still a little bit iffy, although I thought Jeremy Banks played well against Pitt, except for two costly penalties. The secondary looks good to me. I think Taylor can play. I think Burrell on the other corner can play. I think Theo Jackson's had a great year. He's He's been their best defensive player so far, in my opinion. He's had back-to-back 11 tackle games. Uh, he also is pretty high in terms of tackles for losses, passes broken up. And then I think it's safety. I think uh, Trayvon Flowers and I think Jalen McCullough are good football players. So I think the defense is much improved. I think that will – now, the, the litmus test is going to be against Florida. And I know Pitt got a lot of yards, but you pointed this out. There were a number of times where – Tennessee had sudden change of possession, like Pitt took over on the plus 19, field goal. Plus 48, field goal. Plus 27, they punted. So on three possessions like that, the defense reared its head. And also, if you look at it, there were seven times when Pittsburgh did not get a first down. Seven, basically three and outs. And I, I, count, I almost count a three and out as if they take over on the 19 and have to kick a field goal. You did your job. Now, there were enough other possessions in the game because when you run this high-powered, fast-paced offense, you're going to have a lot more possession. But I, I thought overall the defense actually played, in my opinion, better than the 41 points that were allowed. Uh, but I do think the defense has a chance to, to be better than last year. The run defense is better than it was. The, the communication is better. So I'm encouraged by the defense. Yeah, I would have to agree with that as well. Let's flip back over to offense. Look at that offensive line. and. And this is where, coming into the season, I said Tennessee is so shallow at a few positions, tied in, inside linebacker, and offensive line. And right out of the gate, you're seeing um, how critical that lack of depth is. A lot of it's Cooper Mays. You get Cooper Mays back in there, and then you have a base to where you can say, okay, where do we go from here? Do you see any shuffling of the deck in terms of those front five up there in the weeks moving forward before or, you know, before or after uh, Florida? Maybe, but I'll say this. I, I think they're a much better offensive line with Cooper Mays at center and Jerome Carvin at guard. And I, and that's not to say that Carvin can't play center. It's to say that the other guard replacing Carvin has not been very good. Yeah, I think that's a concern. So, And we heard the offensive line coach earlier say, we got nine or ten guys that can start. I'll challenge that. I don't <laughs> see that. I, I do not see the depth on that offensive line. So right now, if you ask me, I would tell you, I would actually tell you I think there's six guys that can play, and I'm going to throw in a guy that hasn't played much, Dane Davis, uh, but he can't play guard. So I'm not so sure it wouldn't be a better move to take Cade Mays and move him to guard and put Dane Davis at tackle. That might be your better option as opposed to playing Ollie Lane or Kingston Harris in there. Uh, but, um, and then I didn't think Spragans had a good game at all against Pitt. So, uh, but I, Tennessee is not that deep on the offensive line, and uh, I the way I see it, I would uh, if Cooper Mays comes back, he's my center, Carvin's my guard, and I'm going to stick with those five. I do want to build some depth, so you'll see a lot more offensive linemen play against Tennessee Tech, but they've got to earn their way because that's going to be very important going into the Florida game. You're going to need more than five offensive linemen against Florida and many other teams you play this year. 
Now, you mentioned it there. I think there's going to be a ton of players that play in this football game, play early and often. I think the starters will get in there and play some, but they're going to get them out of there as quickly as they can, at least some of them. I think Tennessee's going to play two quarterbacks, Milton, if healthy enough to go, which I believe he will be, along with Hooker. If you're Josh Heupel, how do you use this Tennessee Te- this Tennessee Tech game this weekend in preparation for the daunting uh, SEC slate that's ahead? Kind of a lot of what you just suggested. I'm, I, you, you should be able to win easily. You didn't win as easily against Bowling Green as I thought. Uh, it was what fourteen to six at halftime, and yeah. so you didn't play as many people as I thought you might. Uh, but this should be an easier game than that. So I would expect them to get in as many people as I can. And here's what I got to find. For, First off, I've told you what I think about quarterback. I think it's Hendon Hooker. Now, if he throws four interceptions against Tennessee Tech, uh, okay, we got a we got an issue here. But I'm going to try to build depth on the offensive line. I'm going to try to play uh, to see who I really think are my best linebackers. I, they may have an idea. I've not been overly impressed with the linebacker play so far. I think it's been okay. But the main thing I'm looking at, build depth on the offensive line, find linebackers that can play. I think they're pretty solid everywhere else. I, I, uh, I like them at tight end. Heck, the tight ends had nine catches. I don't know when the last time that happened in a game. And, and I think your wide receivers are fine, although uh, they've gotten nothing so far out of Holiday and nothing so far out of Ramel Keaton and nothing so far out of Devontae Payton. And I thought each of those would be contributing receivers, so I think they need to step up. But my primary focus would be the offensive line and linebacker. Jimmy Matthew Butler doesn't like to lose, does he? <laughs> no, he doesn't. He hates losing. And, in fact, if you ask him a really good question, he might give you a coupon to Smoothie King. But, yeah, he, he does. He, and, and I think that's a good sign. I mean, the, I think sometimes the players in the past at Tennessee have accepted losing. I don't think this group wants to. And, and here's another thing, too, about that, Eric. And, and I may be reaching here a little bit, but I don't think so. So Tennessee lost 38 players at the transfer portal. They had two players that retired, four players that left under the national letter of intent that got out of it. That's 44 players. I think the ones that stayed, I think they built a bond. I think it's like, hey, brother, you stayed. You're here for me. I'm here for you. I think there's a chemistry, a unity, a togetherness about this team that did not exist last year. Uh, that goes for Matthew Butler. It goes for Tyler Barron. And these guys want to prove that Tennessee's a better football team than most people projected at the start of the year. So I think that can carry you a long way. Yeah, I think the foundation is being laid for what should be a pretty decent culture here for Josh Heupel. Of course, we'll have to see a couple games, maybe maybe even a couple months uh, down the road, but I would agree there. Jimmy, great stuff, man. Thanks so much for having uh, for coming on. Thank you, Eric. Appreciate it. A big thanks to Jimmy Himes. Follow him on Twitter. He's a great follow there. And appreciate his time for us here on this podcast. We'll come back, tie a bow on this episode, get you ready for the Golden Eagles tomorrow when we return. But first, it's back. It's better than ever. All eyes are on the gridiron as teams are back to start another football season. Thursday night football tonight, high school football tonight too. College football all week long. As always, Bet Online's your number one spot for all your pro and college football action this year. The new site is updated with a, a new interface, even more odds, props, more contests. BetOnline.ag continues to be the number one source for everything football. So head on over to the website or use your mobile device. Sign up today to receive your 100% welcome bonus. Again, that's 100% welcome bonus. That's double your initial deposit just by signing up. Don't forget to use the promo code NFL100. From football to basketball to boxing, right to your favorite Las Vegas casino games, 
Don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available now for the 2021 season. Bet online is the fastest, easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports. Bet online. It's your online sportsbook experts. All right, guys, we got a final segment left here of a Friday Locked On Vols. We heard from Jimmy Himes in segment two. Now let's check in with another cohort of mine, Rob Lewis, VolQuest.com, on what his thoughts are on Tennessee football two games into the 2021 season. Thoughts on Josh Heupel and more here is Rob Lewis. Rob Lewis, uh, the Tennessee football team, uh, you know, some, some highs, some lows. Obviously, the quarterback position's a, a big question mark. But uh, so far, is this about where you thought this team would be or maybe a little bit better two games in? I, I mean, I, I get that fans are disappointed about the loss to Pittsburgh. And I think I mean, me, you, Brent, Austin, everybody with Volkos, we, we pointed to that as, a, as, as the swing game of the season, one that could go either way. And, I mean, I don't make a donation. I didn't, pay, I didn't buy a ticket on Saturday, so my perspective is a little bit different. I left that game you know, thinking that Tennessee has a chance to be a really decent football team this year. I mean, they had 13 penalties. They had three turnovers. They made two trips inside the five-yard line that resulted in three points. And there they are with four and a half minutes left driving for a tie-in touchdown. You know, yeah, the, the end goal is to win the game. But I, mean, I, I saw a lot of things from, from that team on, on Saturday that made me think that they have a, they have a chance to be on an upward trajectory. Yeah, I mean, defensively, you gave up 41 points, but only three off sudden change, off turnovers. Uh, made two big stops in the fourth quarter, like you said, giving the ball back to the offense to go and try to tie that ball game. I think defensively, where we all thought the bar was so low in spring, they've overachieved so far. And really, Matthew Butler, Theo Jackson, I mean, those guys are playing out of their minds right now. Those two guys are, I mean, the way that they have looked in the first few weeks, and, and it's a long season, I don't want to say anything's for certain, but those two guys right now they're going to play on Sundays in my estimation and I, I never would have thought that about either one of them I mean you know we do we do a lot of stuff with the pro football focused thing and you, you got to take that with a grain of salt especially when one of the games you're looking at out of two is Bowling Green but Matthew Butler is, is graded out you know as one of the best defense linemen in the country so far this year Theo Jackson is I mean he's playing at an all SEC level at, at Nickelback and you know, when we left the spring, I thought the defensive line was just going to be an absolute train wreck. And now through two games, that looks like the strength of the defense, without question. And, you know, Bowling Green was, was terrible. I don't, want to, I don't want to make a lot of that, but Pitt's pretty decent. They ran the ball 45 times and picked up 96 yards, 2.1 yards per carry. That's, you know, when you're playing another Power 5 opponent, they run 45 times and don't get 100 yards. That's pretty solid. Yeah, it's not bad at all. We'll flip over to the other uh, side of the ball on the offensive line. It's been a work in progress. There's been a lot of holding penalties, some, some silly penalties like Darnell Wright taking his helmet off, Cade Mays peppering the pile, stuff like that. But overall, I think the tackles have played well. I think the interior, obviously, with the injury to Cooper Mays, has struggled two games in. Where do you see this unit trying to get to over the course of the next couple of weeks? Yeah, I mean, I, I think the Cooper Mays injury has hurt him. And I think one that, that nobody's – talked about a whole lot that that has really hurt them is K-Ron Calvert because yeah. I think if K-Ron was healthy he's played right tackle he started at right tackle you know a lot of games in his career you can move Cade inside where I think he's a lot better I mean he's he's you know Cade's your best offensive lineman no matter where he's going to line up but if he's playing guard he's I think he's an all SEC caliber player and not having K-Ron has limited their flexibility there and you know right now I think the quarterbacks Milton and Hooker both are making the run stats look a lot better because if you go back and just look at the running backs on Saturday, they had 20 plus carries. They had 33 yards. Jalen Wright and Jabari Small between them. And I, like like you said, I think that the middle guard to guard it, with Cooper out, I, I think they're they're really struggling right there. 
you brought up the quarterbacks. Uh, obviously, it's a, it's a work in progress. I think Saturday might be telling as well. You know, depending on Mill, not believe he will play, but those two guys getting a whole lot of work. Probably we'll see Harrison Bailey a time or two as well. Uh, what have you made about the quarterback so far? And it sounds like Tennessee's not going to give up on Joe Milton regardless. No, I mean, I don't, I don't think you should give up on Joe Milton at all. I mean, you, you ought to watch practice for five minutes. And you say, I mean, he's a physical freak. There just aren't many guys like that walking around, you know, on the planet. They're six foot five, 250 pounds, and can throw the ball like that. But to me right now, I think if, if you're just looking to win football games, I'm playing Hennon Hooker. And I, yeah, I, I'm not saying Hooker's flawless or fantastic. I just think he gives Tennessee a better chance right now because if you're playing quarterback and you're not accurate at this level, you got no chance. And Joe Milton is not accurate. Uh, I mean, Hooker completed 16 and 21 passes. Did he complete any bombs? No. He, you know, he had, a, he had a fumble. He had, a, he had an interception that, that killed Tennessee late. But he also had 49 yards rushing. He can make things happen when, 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 it, when it all breaks down. I mean, Milton's not immobile, but he's not the runner Hooker is. And, and to me right now with this team, I just think Hooker gives him the best chance to win. But – I am in no way, shape, or form giving up on Joe Milton. I mean, there's just too much there to like from a pure talent standpoint to not try and continue to develop him. Last thing, from a coaching standpoint, I mean, you know, we can nitpick all day until we're both blue in the face in terms of coaching decisions and play calling. Overall, through two games, what have you thought about Josh Heupel? The, the big question is no spot on third down and the fourth down play call. Yeah, I mean, I, I would have challenged a spot, but I also think he's got to have somebody in the booth telling him to do that. I mean, I don't put that all in the head coach. I mean, from – we could see it pretty clearly in the press box, and we had replays. The head coach on the sideline does not have that. He's deciding whether what am I doing? On, what's what's my call in fourth and you know half a yard? Somebody in the booth, you know, needs to be emphatic about coach. You got you got to challenge that. You got to challenge that. So I don't I don't put all that on him. I think that's more of an operations kind of kind of deal. Um, I hate not going under center on fourth and short, whether whether it's high school, college, whatever. I I hate it. It's like my biggest pet peeve with modern football. I mean, I absolutely despise it. And it's not just Coach Heupel. I mean, it's you know, it's it's all over the place. But as far as a play caller, I mean, it's it's been two games, but he's, he's keeping them up. He's he's people are run, running wide open down the field. I mean, he has already shown me emphatically in two games that he can scheme guys open. And that's, you know, just puts even more of an emphasis on they got to get somebody at quarterback that can pull the trigger and capitalize on that because he's he has shown already that, that he can get guys open down the field. Hi, Rob. You uh, you wrote a couple of columns throughout the week over at VolQuest.com. A couple of really great columns. Tell us uh, what you brought on what days. Uh, Mondays, the three, two, one. We look look back at, at what just happened. We look ahead with three observations, uh, two questions about the team, and one prediction that often does not come true. And uh, <laughs> then on, on Thursdays, the big one is, is the matchup piece, where we kind of like really get into um, you know what what Tennessee is going to be facing with their opponent. And um, Tuesdays also, I, I mentioned pro football focus. I, it's really interesting. All, you know, you always don't agree with it, but they have guys that are taking a look at every player, every play, and grading out how they did on their assignments. And, and again, it's it's not always, I think, something that you will agree with, but it does provide a different detailed perspective. Another big thanks to Rob Lewis for stopping by, hanging out with us today here on Locked On Vols. Give him a follow on Twitter. He's at VolQuestRob. That's going to do it here for a Friday show. Again, there'd be more analysis. There'd be more talk on the game coming up on Saturday. But again, guys, it's Tennessee Tech, and there's some great people that work there and that play football there. And uh, hopefully that team can get back to being competitive in the FCS level. But right now it's not. And Tennessee, 
Uh, this is a get-right game, a uh, going-to-see-a-lot-of-players-type game, and a whole lot more that is coming up tomorrow. On the horizon, it's Florida, Tennessee, in the swamp. That'll be next Saturday, but first, the Golden Eagles of Tennessee Tech. Guys, another week is in the books. Thank you so much for making this such a great podcast, listen-to podcast uh, during football season. The numbers are outrageous, and I can't thank you guys enough for that. We're done with Locked On Balls. Let's check out Locked On Bets with your boy Q and handicapping expert Lee Sterling. Blowout specials, wrong team favorite picks, daily picks, and a whole lot more. That's the Locked On Bets podcast brought to you by betonline.ag or wherever you get your podcast. Enjoy the weekend of college football. All you high school football fans out there, enjoy your night tonight. Tennessee and Tennessee Tech tomorrow. I'll have a Locked On Now on the field shortly after the game. You can find that at my Facebook page at Caner on Air and on Twitter at Locked On Vols and at underscore Caner. Tons of analysis on Monday's show, and you guys should follow me at underscore Caner. I will be live tweeting the game with my thoughts. Guys, enjoy the weekend. Have a great and safe rest of your Friday, everybody.